Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the New Earth Mavens podcast. I'm your host, Fanny. And today I decided to go in a little bit of a different direction. I had something all prepared for you, but I'm still chuckling about something that's happened recently. And I thought I'd share it with you. So I live in BC and it's October right now. We're well into the fall and the bears are out looking for food because they're going to hibernate pretty soon. So not too far away, we've got a mom and a couple of cubs. And then there's a male, a pretty big male that seems to like this territory. Although honestly, I think he's inviting his friends. So we have neighbors with a big apple tree. It needs to be pruned they don't deal with it because they're just finishing construction and all of that, and they had to leave. So this apple tree had hundreds, literally hundreds of apples in it. And then one day I happened to notice what would seem like termites all over the ground, making piles and houses was actually bare scat. They call it scat. And I mean, it took like all of a quarter of a second to figure that out. It wasn't termites, but there was just so many. There had to be, oh my gosh, easily 25. And then the next day there'd be two more and then two more. And we were parking in their yard. So it looked like somebody was parking there. And and then there'd be more and more it's to the point where the driveway was a bit of a landmine. And so I'm just well, I'm not going to park here anymore because it's just getting too difficult to go through. So we were just imagining the bears and it's early evening and they're all talking to each other, deciding what they're going to do. And we imagine the bears going, oh, go over to Tony and Teresa's house for the eating shit. Go to Tony and Teresa's eating shit. That's the place to go. You just eat a bunch of apples and just shit them right there. Oh, you've got a date? You've got somebody want to impress? Go to the eating shit. And honestly, I, I chuckled about that for days and days. And I'm still chuckling about it. Now that we have one pile, we have one pile in our yard. And there's been piles in the past. And we're not really concerned about it because we do pick our apples. And would, you should do that, right? And all your fruit. We have lots of fruit. Nevertheless. Um, yeah. Charlie and Teresa's eating shit or whoever it was. I'm not going to say my neighbor's name. <laughs> they won't be cool with that. But, you know, it's the eating shit. And oh, my God, it was it was just too funny. And I get that some of you out there may be going, oh, my God, there's bears like how frightening. But honestly, I'm probably the least afraid of bears out here. And it's fairly remote. There isn't a street light for at least 30 kilometers. And the reason I'm not afraid of bears is because I was attacked by one. My yellow lab and I were attacked by a bear probably, oh my gosh, probably 10, 12 years ago now. That's amazing. It's still very, very clear in my head. So today I'm going to tell you about my bear story because it's a great story. And Halloween's coming up. So scary stories seem to be appropriate right now. So let me tell you about it. It was a warm spring day and we lived at the very top of North Vancouver. There's absolutely nothing behind us. 
our yard was lined with 80 foot trees. And beyond that, there were some fallen trees and boulders and things beyond people's yards. Now, it's pretty commonplace to understand we're in their turf. And so when there's bears around, and you just know there's bears around, especially in the spring, they're looking for food. And you don't keep your food out because they just come for your food and then they're going to be a problem and then they have to be destroyed. Having said that, we literally freeze our garbage in the summertime so that it wouldn't stink the place up. Now, I know you've heard stories, maybe have, maybe haven't, but these are legit stories of somebody stashing their garbage in their car, in the trunk, and a bear breaking into the car because it can smell it. They're very smart and their sense of smell is incredible. And I'm relating to this particular story of a bear literally breaking into a car, tearing out the back seat, grabbing the garbage, breaking another window, and getting out of the car that way. But where I lived, the bears were quite smart. And you literally couldn't go downstairs and do your laundry or somewhere else in the house without closing your patio doors because they come up so quickly. And next thing you know, you've got a bear in your house eating peanut butter. So it was always something we were really watchful of. Back then, I had a yellow lab. Her name was Boo. She's probably the most beautiful yellow lab I've ever seen in my life. And I adore her and I still miss her. But she liked barking at whatever was beyond those 80-foot trees. She's always barking at something. Our neighbors at that time were renovating so no one lived there. So any kind of wild animal felt pretty comfortable just making themselves at home. Well, this particular day, my dog was still barking when she came back in the yard. And I looked up, and there was a bear. Now, let me back up for a second, just describe the back area of our house. It's long, about 40 feet wide. And because we're up the side of a mountain, everything's terraced. So there was a patio door outside the kitchen. And then on the other side of the house, there was another patio door outside of the living room. And they were joined by a three-foot walkway because then there was a, a three-foot wall that made another terrace that was very long, as long as the house. I grew beautiful plants up there. We had our sitting area up there. And at the far end where our sitting area was, there were some man-made steps that we made with rocks. It was very pretty. But that went to the upper terrace where I had raised garden beds and the greenhouse and all of that. And then beyond that, it was even more steep as it went to the back of the property. But from where I'm at in the house, I can see the whole property because it's on a slope, right? So you kind of get that layout. All right. So this bear is on top of the six foot wall. And my dog's not in the house because she has to go to the far end of this terrace and come down those man-made steps. And then come another 15 or 20 feet down a few more steps to get into the house with me. So I see this bear at the top of the wall and I waved my arms at it and went, get the fuck out of here. 
Because usually they're pretty skittish and normally they would turn on a dime and off they go. But this one just looked at me, lowered her forehead, looked at me like, really? Really? You think so? Hey. And she jumped off the six foot wall and came right towards me. And I had to close the patio door. And I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. My dog wasn't in the house yet. She was still trying to come down around the steps. And so the bear took off after her. The bear was pissed. I wasn't sure why, but she was pissed at my dog. And so she was chasing my dog around our house. She did it twice. So I decided to go to the patio door at the other end of the house. And I was going to grab her there. because She was going to come around the corner. I was going to grab her before the bear kid. And that's what happened. She came back around the corner again and I'm trying to grab her and pull her in the house, but she wouldn't. She was like, she was grounding her feet in and, and she wouldn't move. She wouldn't budge. And I'm like, come on, come on. The bear wasn't behind her, but it had come around the opposite end of the house. And it was again, 40 feet. It was length of the house. And it was on top of us in two seconds flat. The speed of these things is just incredible. And the bear knocked me back into the patio door as it spun around because now it was at the end of this walkway. And I went into the house and closed the door as this bear was on top of my dog. What are you going to do? You got to save yourself, right? Was my first instinct. It was so aggressive. I mean, she threw me into the door. I can't believe the door didn't break. So the dog wiggled underneath her and took off. I thought the bear was biting my dog's neck. I thought, this is it. So, But the dog wriggled away, took off. The bear was right hot on her heels. Like, holy shit. So I went to the other patio door, and I'm yelling at my dog, Boo. Her name was Boo. Boo to the Foo Fighter was her title. And the dog wasn't there, but the bear came back around. And stopped on a dime at the patio door off the kitchen and put her paw in the door, the open door, as I'm trying to close it. Her giant paw was in the door. I'm calling her her now because we know where this is going. Tried to put the paw in the door and I'm banging the paw with the door to get the paw out the door. And she's she's blowing bubbles. She is so mad. She's so aggressive. She's blowing big, thick saliva bubbles of anger. <laughs> it was incredible. And she gets up on the door. And she starts to slide it, like s- circling her paws to try to open the freaking door. So not only did I have to bang her paw to get it out of the door, I had to lock the door too because she was trying to open the door. I couldn't freaking believe it. I could not believe this. They were very keen to write down that I fed my dog salmon and chicken, um, all raw food. And they were trying to blame me for attracting the bear with the food. And meanwhile, the dog hadn't even eaten yet. The dog ate earlier, but you know, we were halfway through the day. Then the bear 
knocked some heavy pots off of a bench underneath the kitchen window. And it wasn't a big window, but she tried to slide her paws to open that window too. She barely made any tears in the screen. I've seen squirrels do way worse damage. And then I saw the babies. They came out from around the corner from the neighbors. And then I realized, oh, my dog had scared the babies or made her feel threatened anyways. So I got it. That's fine. But I'm in incredible shock at this point. And she gets down off this bench and she goes up into the top of the property and starts playing with them. I have no idea where my dog is. As far as I know, she's bleeding to death someplace. And I felt I couldn't leave the house because the bears were right there. And I was clearly a threat to them as well, too. I got on the phone and called Wildlife Services, BC Conservation, not sure who. Oh, I know. I called 911. They said, Police fire ambulance. What do you need? I said, There's a bear trying to get in my house. What category does that fall under? The babies were at the top of the property playing with their mom. It was cute. They were just doing somersaults and having a great old time. And then one of the cubs broke away and started coming towards the house. So it had to come down off of the steep slope at the back of the property onto the terrace where the greenhouse and the raised beds were, walk around some flower beds and come down the man-made steps, walk across the terrace that had the seating area and all the nice plants, and then come down three more steps onto the walkway where the patio door was. This cub did all of that by itself, sniffed around a bit at the door, and then got up on its back legs and started moving its paws in a circular motion to open the door. And I remember yelling at it, don't do that. That's how you'll get killed. And then eventually it stopped and went back up. My last conversation with the conservation official told me that they weren't going to do anything about these bears because, well, that was their territory. And if we were to move them, then chances are they would be in somebody else's territory and it'd be a problem. So they had no intention of doing anything. I said, well, can I defend myself next time? And they said, oh, yeah. I said, great. I'm going shopping. I love animals. I was still a nervous wreck at that point. I called my husband at work, and I think it sounded something like, (laughs) really, I was in that much shock. And he figured it out, and he ended a meeting right there. People in his office and everything, he says, I got to go, because I never bother him at work unless it's really, really important. So he came home and up until then, I had been going through neighbors' 
shrubs and looking for my dog, expecting her to be bleeding to death. So I'm going through bramble bushes and everything trying to find my dog. My husband says, okay, we need to make a plan. So call that, call the SBCA, who's the animal advocates here in British Columbia. Um, call the neighbors. Maybe someone saw something. So I started doing that as soon as I could untie my tongue. And the SBCA told me to call the district of North Vancouver. I called this number and they said, oh yeah, we've just had a call in about a yellow lab with a purple collar. Like, oh my gosh. And she was found two kilometers away. She raced across two busy streets, but she bolted. She got the hell out. She knew she couldn't protect me anymore. And so within three hours, all of this happened. And my husband was out looking for her. I was able to call, go to this place, get our dog. And when she came back, she was wagging her tail like nothing had happened. But we had blood on our hands when we petted her. She had gotten bitten in her haunches at least a good inch, especially on one side. So she was feeling pretty bad for a couple of days. We talked to a vet and it was late in the day. Everybody was closing. He said, clean it up, keep an eye on it. It's the best you can do. We would do the same thing. So a few days go by and I want to let my dog out the patio door to go out back so she can do her business. And I can see everything because everything's on a slope or a terrace. So I can see if there's anything out there. And this particular day, there was not. And I opened the door and they were right beside me to my right. All three of them right there. Oh my God, if I'd let my dog out. And I slammed the, the door shut and, and I just lost my shit again. I was hysterical and freaked out and all over again. But this time, I got a video camera and I don't know even where that footage is. I know I've got some stills, but I'm older and we didn't live in that time when you just grab your camera, no matter what's happening. I don't really know how you could have done it in this instance. I was completely swept into being in shock. There was no rational way to do this. This was about find a way to survive because as I mentioned earlier, bears can break through windows if they want you bad enough. So I thought all that might happen. I was surprised it didn't, quite frankly. But to continue with the story just a little bit more, I decided to write something in the main newspaper, not our local newspaper, because I didn't want to be the bear lady. But we literally lived five minutes as the crow flies to a major hiking tourist area, Grouse Mountain. And nobody was saying anything. Be careful, dogs on leashes, all of that. Nobody said a thing. So I wrote an article in the paper saying, hey, this is happening and nobody's doing anything and someone's going to get hurt. What ended up happening is I read a report several months later, not even in the main or local newspapers, but something more abstract, although I can't remember what it was. And they talked about a cub 
getting into the grizzly enclosure at Gross Mountain. There's a couple of orphan grizzlies that live there that everybody points to and takes pictures of, and it's just horrifying. Nevertheless, they're there, and a cub got into the enclosure, and I guess they killed it, and quite viciously. What it did teach me, though, is I understand bears now. They're not interested in me. And they don't like people. They don't like animals. And if you're walking with someone, and even if you're walking alone, and it's that time of year when the bears are out, you just talk to yourself or talk to your dog or whatever. Make some sounds. They can already smell you. They're not interested. And there's so many people who are scared to death of these things, and they're just not interested in us unless you make them feel threatened. So that's my bear story. I've seen lots of bears since. Everybody wants me to walk with them when they walk around because everyone's afraid of bears, but I'm not. So it just makes me think it's just part of fear of the unknown, the harrowing story that it turned out to be. And I think we can say that for a lot of things in our lives. At the time, for sure, things can be harrowing, but as time goes on and you get some healthy distance from it, have some healing, the whole way you look at it changes. I thought it was a good metaphor for life. The bears are going to be going to sleep pretty soon. We're not going to see them. And it does feel a little bit different because in the back of your head, you're always thinking about it. Don't have to be afraid, but it's good to be wary of it. I remember talking to somebody from Australia. And I was saying, yeah, you guys are so brave over there. You've got scorpions in your patio stones. And, and he says, yeah, but you got bears. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess we do. And you got alligators. Somebody's got something. You know what I mean? Everybody seems to have something that they have to be mindful of. And yeah, just, just continue living life. In fact, what's really gotten me lately is swimming in this beautiful, pristine, clean lake. And I love swimming. And I really want to get into swimming. Want to swim every day. And a horsefly attacked my head like ruthlessly attacked my head. I was doing alligator death rolls and everything just to get away from it. That pissed me off. And I stopped swimming. So that's really what I'm dealing with here. Vicious horse flies. Because bears, yeah, I'm not afraid of them anymore. I have a dog now that's um, an Australian Labradoodle. He's a medium-sized one, so he's cute as a button. He looks like a stuffy. But was it last, a year ago, a spring, he treed a bear. He was all excited about something. I would think it was a squirrel or a grouse or something. But when I looked at what he was so excited about, there was a bear in a tree holding on for dear life, looking at me like, can you get your dog out of here? Like, yeah, for sure, man. It's part of our world, part of living in supernatural British Columbia. I love it here every day. Anyways, I hope you're all having a great fall. 
It's been so beautiful here. We've had the nicest fall. Spring, summer came late for us this year. So this is really making it up for us. And all the tourists are gone. So it's just absolutely sublime. Anyhow, I hope you enjoyed my beer story today. It's one I don't tell very often anymore because I guess most people have heard it. I have a three-minute version, a five-minute version, and then the version you got today. And I hope it was fun. And I hope you're not afraid of animals. And if anything, I hope you really start noticing how we're all the same. We want to just look after our babies. We want somewhere safe and warm in the wintertime. We want to eat food when we're hungry. Until next time. Bye for now.